This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Zupan's is uh, three locations, and uh, I've been really enjoying going there. I often visit the website to see what's going on, and now uh, we can be a part of the Zupan's News feed with a Z. I get it, as in Zupan's. Right, exactly. Yeah. So get on that list and get exclusive deals and recipes. This week, for instance, they have a coupon for a free jar of Zupan's marinara sauce with any purchase. Have you had that marinara sauce? I have. Yeah, it's a good. A couple of times. Yeah. It's, they have a number of different sauces, too. Yeah. they got a Pomodoro. Mm-hmm. Um, so free jar, why not sign up if Absolutely. you're going to get something free just for walking in and buying something else? Absolutely. And I will continue to remind everybody about the poke bar at Burnside. Five varieties of poke, seafood salads, three types of rice, toppings. Great place to go to lunch. Or take home f- for the family? Absolutely. And you don't have to remind me anymore because I got in on Finally the did it. bar. Yes. All right. And uh, I, I got some great, I, the, the tuna was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Ta- brought it brought it home and enjoyed it uh, the next day. It's yep. really cool. It's easy, right? Oh, it's super I like easy. easy, pull it out of a, pull it out of the container, eat it, enjoy it, yep. and we're done. Yep. It's right there next to the salad bar, so they make it super convenient there at the Burnside location. And the other thing that's going on that you want to get in on is the Seller Z Seminar Series at the Lake Grove store. They do an afternoon of wine tasting and learning. Uh, April is going to be Chardonnay. May is... Pinot Noir. Yes. So I know a lot of people that are going to want to go to that. Yeah. And then June is Rosé. So you check that at zupans.com for details and to purchase tickets. This is Right at the Fork. It's Portland's food scene podcast with your hosts, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson from Kink Mornings. Yeah. Can we have a conversation about pastrami every single day, Chris? No, we probably shouldn't be having a conversation. We should be eating it. Right. I'll, I'll do both because uh, pastrami is one of my favorite uh, meats. Do we? I guess you can call it a meat. Prepared meat. I don't think anybody's going to argue with right. you, with you. Well, I'm just you know you got like chicken, lamb. Those those are meats, but this is this is a prepared prepared lunch. I don't even want to call lunch because it's pastrami. Yeah, it's pastrami. Oh, it's so, so good. but the the cool thing is that you haven't had it, but I have. Right. When you go to pastrami zombie, it's mm-hmm. not like any pastrami that you have had here in Portland, or mm-hmm. even if you've been to New York or Chicago. Yeah, it's out of Montreal style and. Um, and so Melissa McMillan brought that to Ashland to her place, Sandwich, which is a brick and mortar store, mm-hmm. and recently opened up her food cart, uh, uh, which is now on 42nd and Killingsworth, Pastrami Zombie. And it's, I'm not just saying this, it's absolutely delicious. As a matter of fact, when I went there to enjoy a sandwich, I immediately said, Melissa, you got to come on the podcast, which right. I wouldn't just say if I was having a, any old sandwich. Yeah. Now, the, the buzz on Pastrami Zombie has been big since it debuted here in Portland, like, what, seven, eight months ago. I think we established that in the right. podcast. Yeah, well, she's got she's got a little machine behind her yeah. doing that, but you wouldn't have that machine unless you got something special. And mm-hmm. also, I asked her in the interview uh, how much of her success is due to herself. Right. Because she's, oh, let's say, fairly outgoing. And... Uh, 
I think that's that's part of her formula for success. Right. Gave a, gave a very, I think, a very modest answer to it because, you know, how, how do you equate that? But she's part of the package. Right. She's part of the package. Exactly. So it was fun to have her on, um, uncensored, and, uh, and I think people will enjoy getting to know Melissa McMillan here on Right at the Fork. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Leanne Bach of Living Room Realty. Leanne Bach's years of experience can help you buy or sell in any cycle, including Portland's hot market right now. Work with someone who's in step with the Portland food world, just as you are, and gives back to her community. Just head to livingroomre.com and search for Leanne Bach, or find a link to Leanne's contact info and listings on rightatthefork.com. Zupans, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest Macadam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. Portland Food Adventures. Did you know you can eat and drink your way through Europe with chefs like Atala's Jose Chesa and Lardo's Rick Giancarelli? Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles and his great chef friends for these trips of a lifetime to Barcelona and Tuscany in September and October. Get to PortlandFoodAdventures.com, click on the blog tab to see pricing and itineraries, or call Chris for more info while there's still room. You always have the energy. Always. My lady friend yesterday was like, how are you always so pumped up? How are you? What's the answer to that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You just, have you always been? You only Were have you like an ADD kid? Yeah. All over the place? You, always, you only have one of these lives. Do you? Might as well do it right. Live in large. Are you living large? Yeah, I always live large. So what is live, what's living large to you? Uh, eating good food, drinking booze, watching the Cubs, bullshitting with my customers. It's been a good year for watching the Cubs, and I'm sure it's been a good year for bullshitting with your customers, too. Yeah, it's been a good year for all that. So how how are the Cubs going to do this year? Uh, we're gonna it's s- not easy to repeat. Uh, I think we're going to see a back-to-back. You think so, huh? I do. Uh. Well, it's I was, not very often that you're a Cubs fan can say that. No, I know. Well, you know, I'm a Met fan, so we got our Cubs we, killers. We killed you in '69, which you're too young to remember, but I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah, I've heard the you story. You know about it. And I, then uh, 2015, we yeah, kind of killed your your buzz. Your, we were your buzz kill. I, th- I think one guy killed us. One guy. Yeah. Well, Daniel Murphy. Part, yeah. 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 Yeah, don't tell me about that. Is that is that your way of getting back at me? Just mentioning that. <laughs> you know I mean? Anyway, I don't I don't think we have a lot of Major League Baseball fans listening to this podcast. I mean, we have some, but we're in Portland, Oregon, where we have no Major Jesse League Card's Baseball. Jesse Card's probably listening, and I know he's a Cubs fan. Yeah, no, I know we have some baseball fans, <laughs> but overall, this is Portland, Oregon, and it sucks because we don't have Major League Baseball here, as far as I'm concerned, and probably as far as you're concerned. Yeah, there's nothing like going to the ballpark, shooting some shit, drinking some beers, and watching some game. Yeah, especially if this place that was the Portland Beavers uh, Park could have been a baseball park instead of a soccer park. 
Um, would have been nice. Are you, <laughs> I don't, don't want to the Timbers. I don't want to make a lot of people angry. Uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm I'm happy that the Timbers are there and that people enjoy them. But you know, it was a baseball park before that, and it and it, it broke my heart when we lost any shot of ever getting Major League Baseball because when I moved out of here in 2005, it was a shot that we may have gotten what is now the Nationals. The Expos were moving, and they were, and Portland was in the running. Mm. And you got soccer. Yeah, we got soccer instead. <laughs> we got we got soccer from the guy who you know whose father was the Treasury Secretary at the time. So Paulson's the man. Yeah. So good for that. Anyway. Yeah. You got your Cubs hat on. You refer to yourself as Melissa Cubby, so we had to lead with some a little bit of baseball. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So is that that is your favorite sport. You're also a Bears fan too. I know that. Uh, I am a Bears fan. Yeah, a huge yeah. Bears fan. So when did I you just move- learned a new Bears joke? You ready for it? Yep. There's a bear shit in the woods. You know, you tell when somebody asks, yeah, the response, and then I can say, actually, fifty-two of them do on Soldier Field every Sunday. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so, so you grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. Have you been to Montreal? I have not been to Montreal, but I'm a huge Andre Dawson fan. Well, not that. I'm not talking. Let's get away from baseball. I know. We're going to get to pastrami now. We're going to get to the, the crux of the matter here. You're serving a, a Montreal-style pastrami at Pastrami Zombie. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. We <laughs> feel like we're in an inquisition. Is that yeah, correct? That's correct, sir. I'll, uh, I'll, turn, I'll dim the lights and we'll put on the, <laughs> the spotlight. Yeah. Anybody got a gavel? Yeah. Where um, were you on June 27th? So how did you, where did you come across that? That style, that recipe, uh, because it's different. When I came up, came to your cart, I that's not what I was expecting. You know, I I I immediately I said this is brisket, and you told me well pastrami is brisket, and I'm not educated enough to know the difference. But it was different than any other pastrami I've had. You know it, that uh, other than in Montreal at Schwartz's, which yeah, I, it was one of my favorite food experiences of my life. Yeah, I've uh, you know a lot of customers tell me stories about shorts too, and I've watched a lot of video and uh, done a lot of research on them. Uh, that's you can find Montreal's style pastrami in the Midwest, though. You know you have to remember that Canada is not that far away from Michigan, so for some people, going to Canada is closer than going to New York City. You know, and going to Katz's or something like that. So. There was a lot of influence with that style of uh, deli meats when I lived in Chicago. So some of my favorite places that I would go to, their corned beef and pastrami were not like a New York-style corned beef or uh, New York-style pastrami. So I grew up around it. And you had Italian beef sandwiches, which it took me a while to remember what to call that because the first time I'd really ever had one was here at Michael's. On, on Sandy and Burnside over there. Yeah, he's... Which I really like. I like the experience over there. A lot of people have a problem with it. But I think the food is good. Uh, Italian beefs are one of my favorite sandwiches on the planet, so... And you pick your dip amount. Yeah, right? you can do extra wet. You can do double dipped. You can do juice on the side. Uh, just however, you know, the last time I was in Chicago for the World Series... I think in 32 hours, I was with my my brother and my sister-in-law and my gal pal, and I had 
three chili cheese dogs and two Italian beefs in less than 36 hours. And <laughs> That's gut bomb after gut bomb is what that is. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> you can't get a chili cheese dog. Uh, that Don't worry, that's next on the list. But mm. you can't get an Italian beef or a chili cheese dog like you can um, out there. There's this one place in southern Oregon. It's called Sammich. You can get an Italian beef. I've heard of that before. Do you, do you have uh, you have any entrees to get us some free sandwiches if we go all the way to Ashland? Uh, I think I know somebody. Okay. And all right, so, so let's go there. What brought you to Ashland and what brought you to the point um, where you decided? I, I mean, I read that you couldn't get it anywhere, so instead of uh, bitching about that, you just decided to make it. Yeah, that's right. pretty much. No, you can't. You couldn't get on the West Coast. You couldn't get a sandwich like I could get when I was a kid. When I would go with my mom or my dad down to Scooters and get a Italian beef and a milkshake and French fries, like you couldn't get anything like that out here. And I am. Not going to lie, uh, white people love sandwiches, and uh, then you add in the Midwest or the East Coast to it, everybody wants a good sandwich. So I was in Ashland for a while and decided uh, I needed to come up with a full-time job for myself, and I love sandwiches, so then I was like... What, what brought you out to Ashland without a job, or did you have one and lose it? No, I was just trying to, I was just checking out the West Coast. I was at Iowa State. I was kind of done with that. I had a little too much fun. And I had some family on the West Coast, went to check it out and never left. Then I started coaching baseball. And then I was like, probably should get a full time job. Because oh, coaching baseball at the level you were coaching it probably wasn't wasn't uh, providing too much for you? Uh, no, that was what you call uh, community service, and they weren't state-mandated uh, hours. They were... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but have you dealt with state-mandated hours in your life? I have no idea. I have four brothers. Oh, I thought you were just going to call the f- plead the fifth on that uh, one. Uh, well, I, I, I learned how to have fun at a young age. So uh, where were you in the, um, in the chronology of your four brothers? Uh, in the middle. In the middle. So, Smack Were they the, troublemakers? Uh, I think that uh, we all had our fair share of making trouble. There wasn't a dull moment in our house. There was four of us in high school at once. So, What's the most trouble you ever got into? <sighs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Oh, uh, really? You can't, you can't? I mean, the statute of limitations is obviously passed. No one's going to come and arrest you now. No, they already did. They already did right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just say uh, a late night and a metro train were all involved. Okay. All right. We all have our possibilities on that. Our endless. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we all have ours. You know, I've never asked anyone that. What's the most trouble? Yeah. You've what's ever the been most to? trouble you've been in? Oh, uh, actually, it was my high school graduation night. Um, yeah, I spent the night in jail. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, it was interesting. I'm glad it happened, actually. You know, got off um, of the whole thing, but it was an interesting experience. Yeah. But, that... but, you know, you're looking forward to your graduation night for your whole life, and then it's not, I didn't spend it free. 
you know, it was the least free night I had in my life. So just when you thought you were going to be free, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it didn't last long. I was I was released at three o'clock in the morning to go down to, uh, as we've discussed on this podcast before, where we hung out in high school, Weed Beach. Oh, so I left at three o'clock in the morning to go down to Weed Beach and uh, finish the night. So you know, I didn't go home and put my tail between my legs. But so now that I've told you mine, let's hear yours. <laughs> Right, I'm not. I gotta. The, I gotta get something for that. Oh man, um, I was in Evanston with my brothers, and we had a few too many drinks, and we might have uh, pissed off a train conductor on a on a train. And and so. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. All right. Well, no more. So you you're not pissing off any conductors here at on on the uh, in Portland. No. No, I'm. I'm a, uh, that was, geez, that was 15 years ago. Okay. I'm like. Still not long ago. No, but mine. I'm, yeah, but you're like way older than me. Just a bit. Thanks for pointing <laughs> yeah. that out. <laughs> Couple of years. Yeah. So, no. Uh, All right. So you started, so you identified, I want to start, I want to make sandwiches. It wasn't long ago. No, uh, May will be four years. That's not long ago. No. You made quite a name for yourself, right? You, enough. So I, I'd like to hear the story of how it went in Ashland and, and um, how you were received there. I actually brought, I'd like to get you to read at some point. Another thing, this is today for New Things Court. Um, I asked Melissa for her, um, if she's had any Really crappy these, customers. Are these the the all oh, the Yelp reviews? Yeah, this is the Yelp re- yeah. review. <laughs> I would like Melissa to read this Yelp review of the worst one. This was the worst one that you got. It's my favorite. It's your favorite. So, Court, do you have it? It's my. Uh... Can you read it in kind of a from their standpoint, not necessarily from yours? Put yourself in <laughs> if, their shoes, if, if possible. Right. They were so pissed off, and and now read it. <laughs> I just can remember this so good. Okay, I get it. You're from Chicago, and I'm wearing a Knicks hat. I get it. You're trying to do the wiener circle thing. No, I'm not. And be all rude to the customers because that's real charming and shit. I get it. I might be a little blasphemous by asking for ketchup on the side with my Italian beef sandwich. Insert, I get it. I don't. Why didn't he write that part in there? Uh, so it's <laughs> so it's like your shtick. To get the whole room to laugh at me. It was like three people. I can handle that. I went I went to middle school too. But if you're going to be that kind of dick, remember two things. One, you're not in Chicago. You're in the middle of Southern Oregon. And two, a real-time beef sandwich is dipped in au jus whole. I don't think we call it au jus. That's another insert. Not served with it on the side. They also don't cost $12 in Chicago. You deserve the middle finger you got from me on the way out of your wannabe toy ass sandwich shop, Ya Hump. I like the Ya Hump <laughs> part. Uh, when, right when he walked in, he had a New York Knicks jersey on. And of course, the first thing I said was, Man, I loved watching Michael Jordan beat the shit out of Patrick Ewing when I was a kid. And from then on, it was, I mean, from right there, that was it. That he the the gloves the, were off. Yeah, it was. He was looking for anything he could to give you the yeah. finger. So, but you can't uh, eat an Italian beef with ketchup on it. 
No. And if you're going to be a Chicago place and you let somebody do that, you might as well just throw in the towel. I've had, well, two things. Um, you hump? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're calling me? <laughs> I was denied ketchup at St. Jack a few years ago when I asked for ketchup on a cheeseburger. Mm. So it happens. And I remember in college uh, there was a place in Tucson called Someplace Else, and you could not have ketchup on your burger. The burger. That's yeah. different than a pastrami sandwich. That's a little like, Italian beef. But yeah, you- I mean, an Italian beef. We don't, uh, at Sandwich, we don't give you uh, ketchup for your burger- Unless you're under 14. Oh, there's a limit? Do yeah. You, do you have the actual, like, on the amusement parks, do you have the size thing? Or do no, you go by but, ID? No, it was, you know, unless you're a super regular, you've been there a million times, you just you just can't live without sugar, and then we'll give you ketchup. But otherwise, if you're under, you know, 12, 14, ketchup will... Give to you, like, quietly. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think you're not holding true to your principles. If your principles are really true, you'll make that kid eat it without ketchup and learn the right way. Well, most of them do. But, you know, there are just some... I can usually talk anybody into trying it our way. Yeah. At least three times. But after I talk them into it once, I don't have to have that conversation again. Or they won't be back. Yeah, I mean, that exactly. I don't think that guy came back. You know, I'm just not for everybody. Yeah. And that's the way you want it to be, I would imagine. Yeah. I right? mean, how could you think you could accommodate everybody? That's when you already are screwing up and deciding you're not doing it right. Yeah. No, you can't. No, you absolutely can't please everybody all the time. Chris, I just noticed the uh, calendar, the time between now and your fall trips to Europe, are it's getting closer and closer. Yeah, but there's still time. We have great groups already signed up to go to Italy, mm-hmm. uh, Tuscany region, uh, coast to country to city in Florence Yeah, uh, with Rick Gencarelli from Lardo and my dear friend Astri Ensign from Taste of Italy Travel. She's been doing this for over, you know, over a decade, Yeah, helped us plan out the itinerary going to be spectacular i don't know if anybody recently uh got to see dario caccini one of the best butchers on the planet uh came to portland recently for the maya festival we're going to go visit his place oh very nice so and that and then we'll be that's in on october 1st and then september 20th we'll be going to barcelona the third time with chef jose from atala absolutely if you go to portlandfoodadventures.com and see the comments that are Previous guests I've made, yeah, it's uh, they're they're great trips if I do say so myself. But they're saying it themselves. All right, so you get and go to portlandfoodadventures.com and get all the information. There. Yeah, if you go to the blog tab, you'll see the itineraries and pricing and all that. And call me 503-395-5900 if you're interested in going at all and uh, discussing. So when did you decide when you were down there with Samich, right? Yeah, that. It's time to move into Portland because there's not enough there. Uh, when did I decide? I, you know, how did the decision go? Do you knew, did you know anybody in Portland? Yeah, I have friends up here. Uh, there might have been like a beautiful lady around. There could have been like a few different things. But most importantly, it was deciding whether to go to Austin or Portland. And From Ashland, that's a pretty easy decision. Kind of. Three of your 
four brothers live in Austin, oh. and they're your best friends, and they can fix stuff, build stuff, and help manage it. So I actually decided to go with the... To me, coming to Portland was riskier because we all know that Portland's a better food city than Austin. Well... Come on. You really gonna? Well, have I'm this? not gonna argue that. But oh. Austin isn't bad. I mean, it no. wouldn't have been a bad. It's not like move. It's not like going to. I'm not gonna name. Yeah, the city, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not uh, Portland yet. It's not like going to Amarillo. Yeah, I, I think I'm safe in that. Or Nacogdoches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Nacogdoches. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that was. Uh, so Portland was ris- uh, riskier for me, but I figured the risk to return was going to be. Um, more it's more manageable if you're going to keep your sandwich. Are you keeping sandwiches? Yeah, yeah, I still, yeah so, we're running uh, full yeah, board. So to start something here, you could drive up rather than always get on a plane and back and forth. And you got to sell a lot of sandwiches to pay, pay for plane flights, especially from Ashland. Yeah, I know, but you, if you plan ahead and are smart, it, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have cost me that much more. Well, come on, then you can go with real estate, you can go with yeah. leases, you can go. Honestly, it wouldn't have cost me much more to go to Austin. So why don't you be the first person to open in? I don't know of another restaurant that's open in Austin and Portland because they're kind of considered yeah, I sister know. cities in the food world. Well, what, do you, not, what, what do you think my plan is? Oh, okay. I'm sorry I let that cat out of the bag. Come on. You're kind of pushing my agenda already. All right. Well, that's good. I like to pu- We like to push the envelope here. We don't want to keep it. We have to. That's definitely it. a part of my plan. I have. Uh, Two nephews down there already, uh, my brothers. I want a reason to be able to go down there and make money all at the same time so I can spend as much time as I want down there. Oh, that would be great. So you have, obviously, you're set up in Ashland with people you trust. Yeah. Because you couldn't be up here and do that. So how much time do you spend up there versus down here? Um, I mean, down there and as opposed to up here. So right now I'm in uh, Ashland every two weeks. Okay. And what do you do down there? Just checking in? Uh, check in, jump on the line, uh, work, work the counter. I do a shit ton of dishes when I'm there. Um, but those have to get done when you're not there. So yeah. It's not relying on yourself to do that. No, so. but I work and I work with... My coworkers and uh, my customers are the best, so I love seeing them. And then it's how do I make sandwich better than it was yesterday? And, you know, check in with the crew, make sure everybody's happy. What can we do better, smarter, faster? And do all that while not jeopardizing the guest experience. Because I'm a firm believer that uh, the only reason why I'm even having this conversation with you is because of the guests. So, um, just, what do you mean? How do you mean that? Uh, without guests, nobody, I would never. No, you don't have a business. Yeah. Nobody. And I, I feel like sometimes we've lost, uh, sight of that a little bit. Like that's great that I make really awesome pastrami, but it's even better that I have customers that appreciate it. Right. Like I'm so fortunate to be able to take care of people that actually give a shit about what they're eating. So you didn't have a lot of experience in food before you opened it, correct? Uh, I had a lot of experience in uh, restaurants, but I didn't have a lot of cooking experience per se. Uh, I grew up with a smoker on my ranch in Texas as a kid. 
my dad was a big uh, smoker, um, so I grew up eating ribs and brisket and barbecue and barbecue and barbecue and and barbecue. So that part I had uh, experience with, but I didn't have a lot of um, other cooking experience. Like, there's much more to cooking than just barbecue. I mean, maybe me and Aaron Franklin would say there's not, but... Oh, I would have to. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. But, yeah, I mean, obviously... There's a lot of nuance involved. Because you, you can read how to smoke meat and how long to do it for, but then... When you're actually getting it on the plate, there's a lot more that goes on than yeah. that. So, so I taught myself, uh, I had a business partner in the kitchen that was a chef, and I, uh, when we went our separate ways, I taught myself how to pretty much do it all, and that was probably the coolest thing that ever happened to me because... How long did it take you to to learn how to do it to the point where you said... Oh shit! I can do this, or I'm doing it. Uh, it happened way. It happened way faster than I thought it was going to. Because what I've learned about this business is, if you have the right attitude and you're willing to work hard to get it to where it needs to be, you can do it. So for me, uh, I would say it took uh, a good. I don't know, six months to really feel like I okay, I got this. And then after about another year and a half, I was like, okay, now it's time to get more pastrami out to the world, more Italian beefs out to the world. Um, we got this. Now let's feel figure out how to be more innovative and feel figure out how to grow. And I, so year and a half later, I was working on my next project. So, but. Part of that is it's not all about cooking and doing a good job with it. You now have to manage a restaurant and manage employees, which isn't always easy. No, that's, but you know, I have a really good business coach. I find mentors. Um, you know, I've owned my own business for almost four years now and did a pop-up with uh, Naomi from Beast. And just in that. How did that happen? 24 hours. I learned so much. Uh, she was one of my customers at my food truck, and here in Portland. Here in Portland. Okay. When I had just moved to my new location, I was on Burnside for a little while, and then uh, that was a temporary deal while I was looking for some digs, and then I went over into the Coley District on Forty Second and Killingsworth, and she came in to my truck probably like a week after I had moved to that spot. Uh. Made me super nervous, burned her sandwich, had to start over again. And I've cooked for a lot of food critics, but for some reason, she, I felt like burning her food. I, I don't, it was intimidating to me. But then we got to know each other, and uh, her, uh, one of her p- kitchen was coming by all the time to get staff meals for them. And, so I was like, hey. That's a compliment. If you cook for her and now she's sending people to pick up multiple sandwiches for everybody else. Yeah, I didn't even know either. And this girl comes back like the second time and they're always ordering seven or eight sandwiches. I'm like, oh, who are these for? And she's like, oh, these are for beasts. And I'm like, oh, my God, I started sweating again. I'm like, "Am I? <laughs> when is this going to end for me? Like, she's cool. She's really nice. Like, why am I still stressing out? 
And uh, yeah, so when I made the relationship, I told uh, Maya that I had a restaurant in Ashland and would Naomi be interested in coming? And uh, I think I was a little aggressive and I think I asked. You aggressive? <laughs> and I think I asked a few times and uh, then we just did it. And it was so it's awesome. good. It's good that they told you after the fact these are for beasts than before the fact, right? Yeah, well, that was I. Fi- I figured that out the second time before I made them. Well, so, yeah, yeah. So now you know. But yeah. at one point, it was kind of you got to chill, and you know you should be putting out a good product no matter who it is. No so matter. So so uh, not knowing was probably better because the first time you fucked it up. Yeah. Well, I didn't send it out fucked up. Well, yeah, but you I was were... like, oh, 25 minute sandwich. Uh, that's pretty. Uh... Are you becoming an engineer while you're doing this or a sound person? Because you've been futzing with the mic over there. I just there, wanted it stand. a little bit taller. So um... I was going to stand up for a minute. <laughs> I had too much coffee. Yeah, you had. Yeah, I could tell. I had a little, a little too much coffee this morning. Did you? How much is the normal amount of coffee? Oh, like one to two cups. But if I do a. <laughs> drip over cup i shouldn't have two because that one's going to be way stronger yeah it's strong i had a boom i had a uh, a cup of ristretto this morning and i'm a little i'm okay but i i had to stop because it's it can be pretty strong that wonderful roasted coffee here in portland yeah uh i was just in oklahoma and texas for a family thing and uh by the fifth day to my little brother timmy i'm like dude I can't drink one more shitty cup of coffee. Like, I am spoiled on the West Coast. So he had nice coffee at his house and made me an espresso. But seriously, five days of shitty coffee. you got to bring your own beans. That's that's what works for me when I travel. I like to have... I'm not that particular, but I just want to have access to it. I sometimes bring my grinder. I didn't know Really? That. Yeah, just because you never know. And it's nice to have. Doesn't I'm sound, not that particular. Doesn't sound like somebody who's not that particular. Well... I have it. Kind of sounds and like I got the room. If I'm if yeah. I'm traveling, especially if I'm in my car, right? I just throw, okay, well I'll then, throw everything then in there. Sure, because then I know I have it. Aren't you fancy? Got a special coffee, oh, what, coffee Because I have a car. No, because you carry around your coffee in your car. Well, if I'm going on, if I'm going on a little trip, I'll do that. There you go, Court. Get it right for. Her. Thanks, dude. Sorry about that. It's all right. It's okay. So I have a, I, my best friend lives in uh, North Dakota. And he comes out here, and he cannot believe how strong our coffee is. So he said they drink coffee all day in North Dakota, so it's watered down. Because yeah. he said if they drank this all day, they'd all be they'd all be Fargo, you know, serial killers. Yeah, they yeah they you'd have some serious problems. Yeah, so maybe in Chicago it's not as strong. I bet you now it is. Right? Uh, yeah, I would say probably now. But my dad drank crappy coffee his whole life. Yeah. Wow, that's such a shame. So what are the plans here? You got your cart, and it's doing pretty well. You had a PR machine working for you when you moved up here. So not everybody does that when they open a food cart. There's going to be, you know, Judy Ann behind them uh, sending out press releases on a food cart opening. How did that come about? Uh, I met Judy Ann in Ashland. for uh, She was working for Travel Oregon. That makes sense. So she came to Sandwich. Uh, they love the food. We, I made an impression on her. We exchanged, uh, information and I 
just reached out to her when I had uh, a project coming up, and uh, it was kind of unconventional the the way I wanted to enter into the city. I uh, did a pastrami tasting of Portland's bread in my friend's backyard in Portland, and I invited a bunch of food people to, and Judy Ann helped me, invite a bunch of food people to come in and taste uh, all the bread in Portland with my pastrami, and... I missed that. I was so bummed. I was planning on coming, but something I remember came up. There's was, free beer there, too. Yeah, it was one of the things I really <laughs> wanted to do, but I couldn't make because, you know, it's nice to get invited. Um, bummed that I didn't go, but I'm glad I finally came out. So you had to reach. That's how you got to the yeah, bread you were going to use? Yeah, uh, that, that's... What bread are you using? Uh, Grand Central's uh, sour rye, and then I use their uh, potato bun, and then when I special stuff, I'm still looking for the right uh, bread for my Italian beef. I don't do it all the time, uh, but when I have a brick and mortar here, that will be on the menu, and I have to find the bread uh, to make a pro- proper Italian beef up here. Down well, there, I have a nice... Let's hope we can enlist our listeners, right? Yeah. Someone's got to know. What's, what's, right what place. is the perfect kind of bread that you're looking for? Uh, It's... Everybody wants to give me an artesian baguette, like one of those hard ones that you can like hit on the right. table. I, that's Crusty not outside. what I want. I want something I can put in the oven, toast, and it's got like a bready. The outside you will tap in, and it'll have like a little crunch to it after it's toasted. And then the inside, once you penetrate through the little crusty part, then it will absorb uh, all the meat juice. Hmm. Have you talked to Rick Giancarelli? Not yet. Because he spent a lot of time with each sandwich deciding which, for Lardo, which bread is the exact right one. So he may be able to guide you yeah. on that. And they have their own they have their own bread sourcing, which he can now, you know, uh, they put it together. So now when he wants something, he doesn't have to do what you're doing. Go out and f- figure out which bakery is going to supply it. He can ask his bakery to do it. So he may even be able to do it. All right. For you. I don't know. Well, you have good, to good source, but potato bun. I just went to uh, BYH Burgers last night. Bless your heart at Pine Street Market. Yeah. they do. They're they're shipping in a potato bun from uh, Philadelphia. I understand. Right uh, on. You would think you could get it here. Yeah, but, but he wanted to do the authentic thing from there. So maybe you got to do that. Maybe you got to go to. You know, can, my can you source it in Chicago and have them ship enough, fast enough. You know, I don't know if this is the wrong answer or the right answer here, but one... There are no wrong answers on this Well, there's two things with uh, this for me. Uh, There's uh, my Italian beef in Ashland with my local bread baker. Most people say best Italian beef they've had, including in Chicago. So I know that there's bread out there. I'm also a huge, huge, huge believer in sourcing from around here and uh, the environment. So as much as I want to get uh, a Vienna beef uh, hot dog from Chicago, I, I'm going to roll the dice and say, because uh, I've talked to Elias about it at Olympia Provisions, like I want to serve his hot dog because... That's not, also a good marketing idea. Not too. because it's nostalgic, but because I don't have an 18-wheeler bringing it this way, then a plane, then this, and then this, and then this. Like, everything pretty much from sandwich comes from Oregon, Washington, and California. So, 
And a lot of it comes from just right in the Rogue Valley. So all that stuff's really important to my business model. And uh, I joke I'm Chicago food on steroids without actual steroids. Uh, <laughs> Maybe there are steroids. Yeah. I don't know. Not the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might be roiding out and stuff, but that's uh, stuff that's really important to me. It's uh, definitely something I'm not going to go too far away from. Now, if I was just dying for an old style or something like that, then, yeah, I might sell, sell uh, out a little and go get the old style. But for the most part, I try really hard to... So I'm confident there's something around here I can use. I think you'll find it. I know that, I, as I mentioned Rick again, but there was, I can't remember the sandwich. Took him a long time to find the right, the exact right bread, uh, bun that he wanted for that sandwich. So I think it's fantastic that you have that much passion for it that you wouldn't just settle for, because it's what you do. You have a yeah. few sandwiches. You got to do it right. And, and do you have plans it, to branch out to more sandwiches? Or I like the fact that you're focused on a few good things that are in the same general area and you know you're not going to be doing i don't know but the i don't not, go you, too crazy out you know the cubs uh their one of their mottos is uh do simple better uh that's joe madden that didn't work for a long time oh that was joe madden yeah so that's joe now. yeah that's joe madden's thing and uh you know i i could probably bore you talking about the cubs um but really baseball watching that game and doing what i do in my life They've actually, they actually both like intertwine quite a bit, and I learn a lot every time I watch a baseball game about um, my life, my business, my friends, my family. And I know that that could be kind of crazy to some people, but... I want to hear that because I believe that in, there are metaphors in baseball that are so apt for life and seasons, and uh, I see it all the time, and so many people don't understand it. It's not a good enough sport for them because there's not enough action. Yeah. I like it because there isn't that much action. I mean, there is action. There's tons of there's action. There's tons, but... It's the, the details. It's the details, the strategy, and what you don't know. And, I mean, for me, uh, uh, for me, listening to my Mets broadcasters is a really fun thing to do. Oh, it's awesome. They're great, and they're funny. Keith Hernandez is great. You have, who's doing the Cubs games? Ron and Pat, and they're awesome. And have the, who was before that? Oh, Harry, Carey. Yeah, that was a while. That but was a long uh, time ago. that's before your time, right? No, I got to listen to Harry Carey. But so that's with my menu, the do simple better part. You know, uh, I don't have a too crazy of a menu, and everything is uh, made there. So I'm roasting and my beef every day. I'm brining my turkey and roasting that every day. The pastrami we make ourselves, the bacon we make ourselves, uh, the jardinier, all that. So I'm not taking these crazy new ideas, and I'm just doing simple better. I mean, really, to, to make a pastrami, it takes an axe, it takes firewood, it takes salt, it takes a few spices. Like there's, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm taking no shortcuts to do it the old way that we were and doing. And I like that you're doing, and you're not only doing one thing, but you're focusing on that and doing it as well as possible instead of offering 15 different sandwiches, which is fine, but what you're doing is, is you know, it's why people are going there for that sandwich, right? Yeah, it's pretty... Uh... And for you, too. I'm going to ask you how successful sandwich would be or in pastrami zombie if it was a, if it was a quiet 
staid person be in, in the cart or in the restaurant uh, running the show? How different would it be? Uh, gosh, I don't know. That's I don't think Pastrami Zombie would be happening. I, I think... Uh... I think I uh, bring something new to the table. It's uh, I'm excitable. I'm fun. I I care about people, so I learn people's names. I I know about their families. I know if I had a <clears throat> dollar for every time somebody came to Sandwich in the last three years, when either something awesome happened or something sad or shitty happened you know like dogs dying or somebody having cancer or a breakup or you know death in the family like so people come to sandwich for the shittiest things that happened to them and the best things that happened to them and that's the environment i've taught and that i appreciate in and what i want sandwich to be it's uh, comfort food with people who care care about who you are and what your name is. Like, I, I get a lot of reviews that say we're like the cheers of sandwich shops. It's that's special, and that's something that I've gone out of my way to make sure. How does that happen with you not there? Well, I got a really good business coach that taught me how to hire people that have the same qualities that I have. Oh, come on. You're unique. You know, they, they can't I know, be just but like you. I, they don't have to be just like me, but they can care about uh, the way they deliver their message. As long as their message is uh, the similar message, as long as they deliver their message that uh, they care and that's okay. It doesn't, we don't want everybody to be like me. There's some no. customers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't help. Yeah. <laughs> There's some customers that I drive nuts. And they come back for more. I know. Right? There are those people. I know. So what do you want people to walk away and tell their friends about your sandwich? Other than, yes, it's great. But what is it about your, what is it about that, your sandwich that you want the, the, the person who really appreciates it to say to somebody else? Uh, they're, they were thinking about it the next day. Yeah. That's good. I think that's a great answer. That's that's my measure of, of food is, you know, how long afterward am I still dreaming about it? Yeah. And, you know, we have Instagram now to remind us, but there's nothing like actually thinking, craving, I want to go back You get that taste and you start to salivate, you know, you salivate a little bit because you fit that memory is in there. Right. And and you yeah. have that with, with the first bite I took. I thought, oh, man, this is fucking good. And I told you. Um, and then you gave me a bite of your rare roast beef sandwich, which also I got to go back there and have it. I just, I just got uh, more roast beef in. So, this How often do you have that sandwich? Uh, and when are you going to name the right at the fork sandwich? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I The only reason why... Uh, you know, I got that, uh, the guys in Ashland sent me the roast beef and it, and it was roasted perfectly. And, uh, Carrie, Meatball's mama, uh, came in one time and she was just so into the medium rare roast beef. And I got that one in and I was like, this is perfect. So I just named it after her because she loved 
Oh, well, then good. That Here's my opening. I want, when it's really rare, name that one after me, because that's better than medium rare. Or rarer than it was. A little bit. Well, that uh, wasn't, that wasn't, no, that was kind that of. That was really, a true medium rare. You think so? Okay, oh, yeah. I like a rare, more rare, rarer, more, more rare. I think. What, uh, do you like, what do you like, Court? What's your? Where are you on the spectrum? I think I'm probably more of the medium. Undoneness, medium. Yeah. Yeah, not for a roast beef though. Man, you gotta have it. You gotta have that. A lot of pink. A lot of a pink. Lot of pink. A lot you gotta of have a pink lot of pink. Yeah, this is, I'll let you say that. <laughs> so I, you know, you just prompted me to think. I see all the time people um, in our circles asking, uh, and I wasn't gonna ask you this, but. Uh, where to where to go to eat in Ashland? Where are some good spots that you recommend in Ashland? Uh, well, I have some of my regular go tos. Like yeah, um, that's what we want. My regular one of my regular go tos is uh, my buddy uh, Neil Clooney. His uh, place it's called Smithfields. I go there for the bone marrow. I go there for the beignets, bacon beignets. Um, if I want to. When I'm watching sports, I'll go to my buddy Gary's place at the Oak Tree and slam back some beers and watch whatever Chicago is on. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you do you subscribe to the MLB package? Is that how you watch it? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to know. Oh, yeah, I got to be able to get it at home. Yeah. And uh, let's see, where else do I go in Ashland? Um, I, like, uh, I like Morning Glory for breakfast. Smithfields and the pub. What about dinner. a nice dinner? A uh, nice dinner, I'm going to go to uh, Neil's place, or I'm going to go to Coquina on A Street, or there's this other guy, his name's Josh. Uh, he works at this place called Lorella, and uh, that would be another place in Alchemy. Alchemy? Yeah. Okay. Those would be a few places I would go to. Cool. And where you where you go? What are you loving up here? And how long have you been in Portland now? Like six months? Something uh, like? No, now it's been about eight months. Okay, well, I'm close. You're close. I mean, but six eight months ends up being a yeah. Like man, I've been here for a while. Uh, what do I like here? I like uh, obviously I'm a fan of Beast. I went to Jackrabbit yesterday. That okay. was uh, pretty fun. Good. And I brought those get there. And I brought those guys um, lunch while I was. Coming in, so that was pretty cool. Both the chefs. Is that your way of getting jackrabbit food back? No, they. Uh, and I, that's not an insult, but I, I think it would be great if I could make great food and bring it to chefs. Then it would be really nice to be in on those exchanges because I don't have anything really to offer. No, I. Uh, Chris Domino, he uh, hooked me up with a reservation, and then. Uh, Further down in the message, she said, you know, I'd really, really love you if you brought brought a sandwich for me. You know, Court, I have to tell you, I kind of said the same thing to Melissa. Right. And I'm not seeing any sandwiches. But I wasn't, I didn't, I. I didn't give you a reservation. There was a reservation eh, here. No, I didn't, I I wasn't there. uh, (laughs) There was a reservation involved. I wasn't there early enough. Um, But yeah, so that's how that came in. But when Chessa won, uh. Best uh, restaurant in 2016 in Portland Monthly. Uh, one of my friends was the chef there, and or uh, not a chef, a line cook there, and I uh, brought them all sandwiches as a congratulations, and I just think they're great people too. Um, Absolutely, I'm not going to argue with that. I like Pips. Nate's obviously no one like Nate. Yeah, Nate's pretty awesome dude. 
Um, where else do I like to go? If I'm going fan, I mean, God, I've eaten everywhere. So I have my fancy, my dream job would be to be a food critic. Nobody's ready for me to do that yet. So. Oh, I think you should do it. I don't. I'm we don't not, have a lot of food critics here any longer. I don't. It's like a dying thing. There's obviously a reason for it. Well, part of it is that um, the media business has changed, so you can't pay somebody well enough to to sustain uh, an ongoing criticism because you have to visit a restaurant a lot of times, and the media companies aren't going to pay someone to go eat at Jackrabbit ten times to review it. Yeah. Now, uh, Michael Russell, I don't know what his deal is, but he obviously is able to do that. And, you know, Michael Zussman does some of that, but not, it's not, uh, you know, he's not getting a stipend. No. And a lot of it is on his own. So yeah. until someone's going to pay someone uh, enough and foot the bill, um, then you're not going to get a lot of that here. I think I could be wrong. I mean, there are other critics, but there's, for, a, for a city with so much food, the, most of the criticism is on Yelp. Yeah, and that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It's like Slightly. somebody is like, well, wait a minute. I don't. I'm not going to agree. It's not a bunch of bull. It's not total bullshit. It's good. It, it, it's, it's good in some respects. It's respect. good in in some ways and not in others. You're some people like I've eaten Italian food in Italy. Okay, if you've eaten Italian food in Salem, Oregon, and you're there's a hard worker down the street in another place, and that's the only place you've eaten Italian food, and you give that small business a bad review, but you actually yeah. know nothing about because the art sucks on the wall. Yeah, so, yeah. or you just don't know. Like, I, I feel like it gives people a lot of power, which is fine. I mean, I do great on those things, so I don't hate them. I, I think... I actually like them in, as far as how for my business, exactly. but I can see how it can... Impact and I've gotten a few where I'm like, "Wow, you must not know anything about anything." Well, but having done this podcast now, we're in year four, and having a lot of people sit in your seat, there are some, I think, some pretty experienced restaurant owners who have said, "I appreciate it. I don't pay attention to it because it's going to kill their egos, right? It's, it's something you can't." And you know, as a consumer, when I go into another city, I'm just kind of looking for, okay, let me find something close by. I'm not going to read through all the negative stuff. I'm not no, looking I for that. No, I see for the positive. Yeah, you kind of look. It's <clears throat> it's like uh, diving or uh, diving judging. You take out the top, you take out the bottom, and you look at generally what people are saying. And I think for that reason, I know people argue with me, but I think it's good for business. It's good for restaurant businesses to have a Yelp there because in the old days they would have had to buy a print ad in a magazine yeah. for a lot of money. And now well, you you're missing that. out on sixty percent of the business you can do if you're not on the internet. So right. I think this day and age you have no choice but to do it. I I I'm different. I'm not the uh, regular chef in the sense like I love criticism. I love learning what I can do better. Like cooking for Harold McGee and Peter Meehan, all I wanted to do was ask him, how can I make my sandwich better? Uh, hanging out with Corey Schreiber, all I want to know is what can I do to be better than I was? So in that sense, I, I like it because... Well, he's not writing a Yelp review. He's telling you to your face. That's a different thing. I know, but... I'm going to get more detailed information from people that know about food. Right. But I can learn 
uh, if somebody's service wasn't awesome, I can learn if maybe uh, their beef bread was over toasted. I mean, granted, that's stuff that I already know, but it's sometimes a good reminder. And I think a lot of I think a lot of chefs get a little huffy about it. And really, if you think that you're perfect and you don't think you can be better than the, the day before you woke up, you. How about Yero? Yero dreams of sushi. The guy's like yeah. 80 years old. He's he's excited to go in to learn every something day. new every day. It's yeah. crazy. All right, so uh, we're running out of time. I was going to ask you just for fun. Uh-huh. End of the year, you pick your sandwich. I'm going to go. Who's going to go further? Uh, I'll take the Mets. You take the Cubs. Uh, Mets go further. I'm getting a couple of your sandwiches for me and my friends. What do you want from me if the Cubs go further than the Mets? Uh, you're going to buy uh, the restaurant of your choice staff meal, and it's going to be my food. <laughs> okay. Um, so eight and eight, or seven right. and seven, or five and yeah, five. I was gonna say, pick your staff. You're doing an outing to yeah, uh, no, pick your pick your the Mojave Desert. Pick with, your uh, pick or okay. or you can uh, or it, what's fine. I just want you to know you this is a good a deal p- for you because the Cubs have the Cubs. The odds are the Cubs are going to go yeah. further. You can buy me a pizza, red sauce too. That's fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah. I just want to have something on the line. That's all. Yeah. No, I love to gamble. All right. It's not. It's not really a gamble when it's coming to someone's going to eat. But food. if I'm going to get a free pizza out of the deal, that's like a Chicago person's dream. <laughs> all right. There you go. I wish I could take you to New Haven too for that. That would be awesome. That would be kind of a fun bet. Yeah. New Haven versus Chicago. Yeah, we could do that too. So, but anyway, for thanks for being here in Portland today. Stoked to be here. Appreciate it. Nice to have you. This was fun. I'm excited to be here longer and with a bigger presence. Good. We bring presents. Yeah, and we'll bring sandwich sandwiches. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right